she said, I recognize you. She said, I know exactly who you are. And she said, I was here waiting to see what you were going to do. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you, those of you who are joining us by television and those of you joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. I want to talk about an exciting way to live, the most amazing way to live uh, the way God intended and God purposed for us to live this life. So stay tuned to today's message. Open your Bibles. I'd like to read a couple of scriptures. Um, starting us off, the book of Colossians, book of Colossians, and also the book of Romans. You can put your finger in both of them. Romans, Romans chapter 8 and the book of Colossians chapter 1. Romans 8. And Colossians 1. When you get there, say amen. <clears throat> let's read the book of Colossians first. The book of Colossians chapter 1, verses, let's read verses 26 and 27. Let's read those together in unison. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Ready? Let's read verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages... And from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I thought that was so interesting that that's been a mystery hid from the ages and from generations. A great mystery that God reserved and that God had been planning all along. He gave a hint to it in creation when he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And so this was something that God planned before time. And also flip over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. And I'm going to actually read it from the, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. You all can read along in King James. And it says, For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. And so we're, we're talking uh, today from the subject, living like Jesus. I believe it's, it's God's desire. It's his original design and intention for us to live like Jesus. And I love this Amplified um, 
verse here of Romans 8:29 it says that Jesus was um, the firstborn. He was intended to be the firstborn of many brethren. In other words, we would all be in his family. And there's one thing about family, most commonly in families, is there is uh, notably a resemblance. There's noticeably, uh, you know, a resemblance among family members. And, and so he's the firstborn among many brethren. And, and even in our family, I've noticed that a lot of people confuse me with my brother Bernard. We get confused. People confuse us all the time. He said, he, uh, he said he's, he goes through the airport all the time and people will say, I enjoyed your message on television. You were really, really good. And he just smiles and keep on going. In fact, I was, I was preaching a couple of years ago at our annual hair show. And a, a day after the, I think it was that same day, somebody ran into him later that day after I had ministered that morning. And they put an offering in his hand and said, I enjoyed your, I enjoyed your message so much. You touched my life and you blessed my life. You know he received my offer? <laughs> All because we look alike. And and I've I've been places. I was working out in the gym one day, and a a lady, she turned around and waved. She said, you're the publisher of Upscale, aren't you? I said, no, that's my brother. You got me confused with my brother. (laughs) And so we've had a, a, I noticed that that resemblance among us as family members. And and, in every family, you can see, you can see a, a semblance, a resemblance there. And so that's why in the Amplified it says that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brethren. Uh, then he says, it says, we would, here's the difference though. It says, we, and we would share inwardly his likeness. So we won't look like him on the outside. He intended for us to look like him on the inside. And so we share inwardly his likeness. And honestly, if you start looking enough like him on the inside, I declare his countenance will show up on your outside. You'll start looking better. The, the glory of God shows up on the outside. It showed up so much on Moses, they had to put a veil on his face. It affected his literal flesh. And so I believe that when, when the life of God's on the inside in abundance, it, it has to show up on the outside. That nature, that nature, and what it really is, to put it simply, uh, in one of the verses we read in, in, in our text, it was when we read the um, Colossians verse, it says, Christ in us. That is the hope of glory. And, and Christ in us. He wants to live through us. He is in us. This was the great mystery. This This was the mystery that God hid throughout the ages and throughout the generations. Where the devil thought Jesus was just one man. And he thought if I could kill this one man, it'll get rid of Christ forever. But oh, he didn't know the plan of God. That God's plan was to multiply Christ in everybody. And so it confused the devil because he thought it was just one man. He thought if he could kill one man, that would 
It was a great mystery. It was a great mystery in what God did. He baffled the mind of the demonic. They never knew his plan. But God had planned it throughout the ages and throughout the generations. And even Jesus himself said, he said, greater works than these that I do, greater works that shall you do. Because he knew he was just one individual. But when he would be multiplied throughout the world in the hearts of believers all over the world, miracles would be happening every day, everywhere, all at the same time. And so that was the great mystery, the great mystery in Christ, Christ in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I want you to know that um, it was it was really, um, as I mentioned Sunday, it was really Pastor Nathaniel's experience that sparked this particular subject. Up in me, and um, I begin to realize that you know it's one thing to know about Jesus; it's one thing to confess Jesus. Uh, you can even go to church and praise Jesus, but living like Jesus is something completely different. It's something completely different. And um, a lot of people, when I thought about this, a lot of people are strong. In church, what I mean by that, they're, they're very attached, they're very participatory in church, they're, they're there, they're members of church. A lot of people are strong in church. Some are on every auxiliary, some on every board, some on, you know, some are, they're strong in church. A lot of people are strong in church, but their, their lives are void of Christ-likeness. And so a lot of people in church... But there are a lot of lives of people in church whose, whose lives are void of Christ-likeness. And those are two different things. Those are two different things. God didn't create us to be perfect church members. God created us to radiate the life of his son, Jesus Christ. To, to live in his image and to walk in his image. To look like Jesus. To talk like Jesus. To live like Jesus. There's a, a, a familiar quote that we quote quite often in this ministry, something that Gandhi said. He said, he said the, if the world could see the Christ of Christians, they would accept him. But because they see the Christians of Christ, they reject him. And, you know, we don't really have to uh, preach so much about Jesus in the world if we lived more like Jesus in the world. I love this quote. I heard it a couple of years ago and it stuck with me. It says, preach the gospel wherever you go. Use words if you have to. And so the gospel is really our lives. It's really the way we live. It's, 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 um, we, it's, it is the character of Christ shining through us. And the world is waiting I think the world, you know, the Bible says something about the creature. All creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. I think the whole earth is, 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 is in groaning, waiting for people of God to start living like Jesus. I was in the grocery store uh, last week 
and I was in line, and uh, the cashier was asking, he was asking people if they would like to make a donation to this, I think it was some type of children's charity, as he rung up their grocery bill, and they, they were paying. And so a couple of people in front of me, I, I heard them say no. You know, money was so tight, they weren't donating anything. And I was next in line, and uh, he asked me, and I said, sure. I said, I'd be more than happy to donate a dollar to help. You know, it's a good cause. And, you know, I just did it cheerfully and, and said, sure, I'll donate a dollar. And the lady behind me, she got my attention. She said, she said, you know, she said, I was watching you. She said, I recognize you. <laughs> she said, I recognize you. She said, I know exactly who you are. And she said, I was here waiting to see what you were going to do. <laughs> and I turned around to her and I said, well, I'm happy I was on good behavior today. <laughs> and then I told the cashier, make that too, though. <laughs> but people are, people are waiting. People... And I, I knew what she was, she, and she, she said this to me. She said, now I know you live what you preach. And she said, that's what I wanted to know. She said, now I know you live what you preach. And so the whole world is waiting. They want to see, they want to see Jesus. They've heard about him, but they haven't really seen him. They want to see him. And, and God has orchestrated this where we are able to show the world Christ's likeness in the way we live. I want you to know your relationship with God is not measured by your spiritual activity, your religious activity. Your relationship with God is measured by how you live and how you treat people. That shows your relationship with God. And so uh, it's, it's how we live. It's how we treat people. And so when I heard <clears throat> this experience that uh, happened last week here in, in our ministry where someone wrote... Uh, not wrote, but someone was just extremely angry over something that had happened at church and just really angry. And, and the word got back to Pastor Nathaniel. And his response was one where he could have defended himself. He could have, he could have uh, responded very boldly saying, I'm the pastor of this church. And if you don't like it, you go elsewhere. He could have defended himself. He had scientific validation and reason to argue his point and, and improve his point and his perspective to show that he was correct in what he did. He could have done all of these things. And he simply uh, emailed a letter, which he copied James and I, and his letter was simply entitled, Sorry. I'm sorry. And in the letter, he just simply took the blame. It was my fault. I was wrong. And when I read the letter, I mean, tears just flowed down my eyes because I said, this sounds like Jesus. This, this is Jesus. And I told my wife, I said, Nathaniel is living like Jesus. I recognize the meekness. I recognize the humility. I recognize the selflessness. I recognize someone who was putting someone else in front of himself for the sake of peace. For the sake of love, for the, for the sake of um, communion, for the, for the sake of harmony. 
And when I saw it, I said, this is Jesus. I recognize Jesus. I recognize Jesus. And I just couldn't help but see and feel the humility and the meekness of Jesus. And I want you to know something. Now, meekness, I heard Pastor Dale say this probably, uh, probably 20 years ago. He said, meekness is not weakness. It is strength under control. And so living like Jesus is living under control. When your life is controlled and directed by the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.16 says, um, in, the, in the Amplified Bible, it says, live controlled by the Holy Spirit and you won't give in to the desires of the flesh. Live life controlled by the Holy Spirit. You won't give in to the desires of the flesh. It also says, verse 25, let your conduct be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Let your conduct be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Then verse 19 and verse 20, it talks about the works of the flesh. And it says this, it says the works or the 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 doings or the practices of the flesh are these and it and I'm just going to name a few that relate to this uh strife the work of the flesh anger the work of the flesh jealousy is a work of the flesh selfishness is a work of the flesh but then it says but the fruit of the spirit the work which his presence within us accomplishes is love, joy, peace, patience, an even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint. There is no law that can bring a charge. The Bible says when you live like that, when you live like Jesus, operating by the Holy Spirit in love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, self-control. When you live that way, kindness, gentleness, goodness. When you live that way, the Bible says there is no law that can bring a charge against you. There's no law. When you're operating, being directed by the Holy Spirit and under his control, there's no law. That can bring a charge against you. And so after reading that list, I realized we have a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to turn your neighbor and say, we have a lot of work to do. <clears throat> Listen to this, Second uh, Corinthians 3.18. It says, uh, one translation says, as the spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him. And reflect his glory even more. And so this is not something you can do on your own. You have to make choices and decisions. But it's the power of Christ in us available to help us. He's there to help you to live like him. He knows that you're in uh, this degrading uh, human flesh. This lower nature. He understands that. And so he lives in us to help us. And so he'll nudge you. He'll nudge you. He'll nudge you to forgive. He'll nudge you to be merciful. He'll nudge you to be kind. He'll nudge you to be gentle. He'll nudge you to hold your tongue. He'll nudge you. He'll nudge you to do what's right. 
I'm sure he nudged Pastor Nathaniel. Pastor Nathaniel could have written a letter back, given the other person a piece of his mind. But the Holy Spirit nudged him. And so let's not handle it this way. Go ahead and take the blame. Live like me. I took the blame for all of your sins. And I wasn't guilty at all. But I took the blame. That's living like Jesus. That's living like Jesus. And he was willing to apologize. What if, folks, what if we can just take that spirit of Christ into our homes? What if we can just live like that? I'm not even talking about going out in the world. What if we can just live like that at home? What if we could just live like that at home? I have counseled couples who were so busy blaming the other person, indicting the other person, defending themselves. Never once stopping to say, I'm sorry, or it was my fault. What if we can take the spirit of Christ home? What if we could take the spirit of Christ home and say, I'm sorry. Take the blame, even if it wasn't your fault. Be willing to take the blame. For peace sake, because you live like Jesus, because you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. And when you live like that, the power of God is activated to be present in your household. See, even if the other person has done you wrong, but you make a decision to live like Jesus, now you've obligated God to work in your house. But when the other person is acting the devil and you return act the devil, God's nowhere to be found. And so we unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. When we make a decision, when we make a decision to live like Jesus. What about some love at home and consideration and kindness, gentleness, forbearance, making allowances because you love them? What about being meek and humble, being willing to be wrong, being willing to say I'm sorry? It's a powerful, powerful way to live. Living like Jesus. I'm not done. Uh, You can go to airjesus.com and you can listen to this message, message number 7409. You can also email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. But thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. (laughs) Praise God. I'm I'm, I'm not done and so we'll, we'll do at least part two of this and uh, I pray that we'll start to be transformed and conformed into the image of his dear son it's a powerful way to live it's a powerful powerful way to live and I'm just so grateful that God's not through with us thank God for not leaving us the way we are He continually works in our lives. And this is what he's after. He's going to keep working on you until you start conforming to the image of his dear son. You are listening to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com. This was the first part in the Living Like Jesus sermon by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7409. That's 7409. The next part is number 7410. To listen to both messages, go to theonlineword.com and now for the message.